Welcome to the Go Well podcast. My name is Kate Mercer and today I'm talking with Terry Lichtenstein. Terry is an accredited practicing dietitian, a sports dietitian, nutritionist and director of Food Bites, a nutrition consultancy that empowers brands and organizations to communicate nutrition information to a broad range of audiences, including health professionals and consumers. In this talk with Terry, uh, we discuss a recent report that compares the nutritional value of processed plant-based foods with processed conventional foods, such as sausages, hamburgers, and chicken-style pieces. The findings are quite revealing, with the plant-based foods providing equal, if not more, nutritional benefits. If you care about what your food is and what's in it and what you eat, this is a really good one. Good morning, Terry. Thank you so much for joining us on the Go Well program. Thanks for having me, Kate. I just wanted to go over your credentials here. So you're an accredited practicing dietitian, you're a sports dietitian, nutritionist, and whilst you have spent some time in a clinical environment, your chosen specialty now is to advise organizations on nutritional information. Can you just tell us a bit more about that? Sure, absolutely. So I completed a master's degree in nutrition and dietetics. And during my master's, I did spend some time working across all different clinical and hospital and community settings. But even back then, this is some time ago, nearly over two decades, I I knew that um, my passion didn't really lie in the clinical setting. And the amazing thing, what I think a lot of people don't realize when it comes to nutrition professionals is that there's so many areas that dietitians and nutritionists can work in, but specifically dietitians, accredited practicing dietitians, dietitians, I think people just generally put them in a box and think, oh, it's, you know, it's someone you see if you go into hospital with diabetes or it's someone who prescribes a specific diet to you. But um, what, what actually happened is I, um, I did a, a thesis project during my university degree working in a corporate environment setting. I worked at the Heart Foundation of South Africa, which is where I completed my master's. And I worked in, in companies helping educate consumers, um, sort of, you know, face-to-face education sessions about how to adopt healthy eating. And after my master's degree, I did do further training. So I became a qualified sports dietitian through the Australian Institute of Sport. And I also completed a marketing diploma as I knew that I wanted to work in the food and health industry where I could work with brands and organizations to help translate nutrition science into easy to understand consumer messages that will ultimately help consumers make the best food choices for themselves as individuals, whether they're in a supermarket or somewhere else. So pretty much since then, you know, really where my skill set has developed and where my passion is, is working with food companies and health organizations to educate consumers in that way, rather than sort of in a clinical setting. And it's fantastic because nowadays there are so many food companies that are seeing the value of utilizing the skills of accredited practicing dietitians to help them create food products that are healthy and nutritious and, you know, provide sort of the right sort of messages to consumers to help them make um, the healthy choices. And I guess just to segue from there, one of the reasons that I specifically wanted to partner with Food Frontier on this project was that it's my, my family, our, our, my own personal journeys, we, we've on a, we're trying to reduce our intake of meat and we've tried a variety of plant-based meats recently. So I was very intrigued to work with Food Frontier on this report and bring my knowledge as an accredited practicing dietitian to this first of its kind report. Yeah, it's an amazing report and it's an amazing to have you involved with it and on the program. So thank you so much for, uh, for jumping into this. 
big question, but it's so confusing all the food stuff these days. And it, talking to lay people, I mean, this is a public, you know, uh, community radio show. Uh, how would you describe the difference between what a dietitian would say to somebody compared to a nutritionist? Mm, mm. It's a great question, Kate. And look, there, there's no sort of black and white answer there that, you know, there's, there's university qualified nutritionists as well. Clinical dietitians and to be an accredited practicing dietitian, um, you very much um, have to abide by a, a medical code of ethics and standards. And you are sort of trained in the scientific evidence around prescribing individual dietary recommendations, whereas a nutritionist would sort of be more broadly communicating healthy eating messages. Mm. So, yeah, I think, you know, the, the main thing is, I mean, definitely if your doctor has recommended that you say need to seek nutrition advice, they would generally recommend that you do see an accredited practicing dietitian as that very specified health professional. Mm. I think what, what's also important to bear in mind is um, to become an accredited practicing dietitian, you have to have completed that university degree. And as I mentioned, there, there absolutely are some excellent, you know, university qualified nutritionists, but unfortunately it isn't a level playing field. And there are some people who would call themselves a nutritionist, but might have only completed a one week online course. From mm, somewhere. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of different uh, colleges out there and associations, a lot of um, different ways that you can learn about the food and uh, different levels Absolutely. of learning. Yeah, so thank you for explaining that. Uh, look, the next thing I want to uh, ask you before we go into more details about the report is exactly what are the majority of Australians eating? Can you mm, <laughs> talk to that? Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing we do know is that Australians are not eating enough of our sort of, you know, what we all know is our healthy fruit and veg. In fact, only 5% of Australian adults are consuming the recommended daily intake, which is, which is obviously not great because that's where we get a lot of our nutrients from. And this is despite the, the fact that there's been decades of campaigning for people to eat, you know, the, the five and two, sort of your five serves of veg and your two serves of fruit each day. But this has barely shifted consumer behavior despite a number of widespread campaigns. We also know that Australians are eating too much red meat. They're actually eating more than double the amount of red meat um, than recommended by the Australian Dietary Guidelines. And with that intake of red meat, what is interesting is that a third of the average adult's meat consumption comes in the form of the non-lean and processed meats, which are the very foods that health experts are advising us to limit. So those are, you know, the more sort of the foods that are more high in nutrients that we want to eat less of, such as sodium and saturated fat. You know, if you think of sausages, bacon, schnitzels, burgers, etc. Yes, it's pretty horrifying, isn't it? The messaging uh, is clearly not hitting home is it about what and there's, there's so much confusion and so well and there seems to be a lot of people who are getting sick from the food that they do eat uh, across the board it's it's I mean we all talk about food all the time don't we it's uh so I don't know yeah, what's, absolutely. What, what are the messages that you're putting out there at the moment now through the work that you're doing then to try to change that those statistics on what people are eating well, I think, you know, using this report from Food Frontier and myself as a perfect example, the message that we, we still very much the message that we continuing to advise and all dietitians and nutritionists will advise that all of us should be seeking to eat as many whole foods as possible, such as more vegetables, nuts, whole grains, and so on. 
But at the same time, we have to think realistically about consumer behavior because, you know, you don't need to be a dietitian to know that vegetables and whole grains, et cetera, are good for you. But behavior change can be much harder. And mm. there are a lot of Australians who are seeking to reduce their meat consumption, but they still want a burger to throw on the barbecue. And mm. what was great about this report is that it did find that the plant-based meat alternatives to your burger can serve as a healthy alternative. So I think it's a fantastic mm. way that Australians can, you know, still so-called have their cake and eat it or have their burger and eat it too, mm. um, you know, and enjoy the foods that, that they want to eat, but know that there are these healthier alternatives mm. out there. Yeah, no, it certainly was fantastic when I, I first started to look at the report. So exactly what did you look at in this report that you did with Food Frontier? Yeah, so I'll, I'll take a step back and just sort of explain what we're trying to do. So as I mentioned, we know, um, you know, that obviously Australians are eating too much meat and we know that eating less meat, particularly less red and processed meat is good for us. So the study looked at plant-based meats and very, you know, just to compare apples with apples or burgers with burgers, we looked specifically at things like beefless burgers, meat-free mints. That's what I mean when I talk about um, plant-based meats and how these products are helping many Australians tackle the challenge by providing these familiar and convenient options. These, um, we have seen that these products are becoming more and more available in supermarkets and restaurant chains, and you can even choose it as part of sort of home delivery meals when, you, when you're choosing your options. And the study wanted to answer the key consumer question, which is, are plant-based meats a healthier swap? So that was sort of a bit of background in terms of what, what we're trying to do. Mm. So, yeah. Yep. So just so that the uh, listeners understand, can we give them a few examples of what these sort of plant-based meats, uh, some labels? I mean, when we, we're not being paid to uh, promote any particular of, of yeah. products, but I think it's good to just understand what some of those might be. I'd written down Tofurky and Beyond Burger. Are they Australian products or do you, can you name some? Yes, yeah, so look, there's a huge range of products out there. Um, our study looked at about 95 and there's, there's new ones coming onto the market all the time. Mm. Um, I think, you look, your, list, your listeners may be um, interest, particularly interested in um, sort of in the, in the top nutrition picks that our report highlighted. And some of them also had what we would sort of define as your typical clean label with little to no additives and additives and having less than 10 ingredients. So for example, one of the products is Fable Food Company's plant-based braised beef. It's actually a personal favorite of mine. So mm -hmm. it's an alternative to pulled beef. And it's made with, a, you know, comprised of about two-thirds of the product is shiitake mushrooms. And it has no additives. It, it also happens to have 14 grams of dietary fiber per 100 grams, as well as more than double the recommended dietary intake of vitamin D, which is quite unusual because vitamin D is not commonly found in foods. We, we get it a lot from sunlight, um, et cetera. So, um, and I, I love this. I've, I've had it quite a few times. It really performs very similarly, both in terms of the flavor and the look and the feel to, um, to pulled beef. It's quite amazing uh, so, that, you're, that you're saying, so the main ingredient, just going back on that, is shiitake mushrooms. Because I know for myself, when I think about trying one of these products, I just it's just so far away from something that's sort of been grown from the soil or plucked from a tree or, you know, that's from an anim animal or sheep or from a fish. You know, it's like this is totally manufactured. Uh, I understand that the report is comparing processed uh, meats to, to plant-based meats, but you still... It's just astounding. So can we go back to that product again? You're saying that the main ingredient is shiitake mushrooms. What else is actually in it? What are the ingredients? 
Um, I don't know that offhand. Um, I'd have to get back to you about that, or you could probably look on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, yeah, what, look, what, is, what would the website be? Um, Fable Food. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah F A B L E Food. Okay. Um, but yeah, I guess Kate, you're hundred percent right. Getting back to the fact, it's certainly you know these these plant based alternatives to sort of processed meat are they are still a processed products product and they are made of primarily proteins fats and waters just like the conventional processed meats um so i think what's really important to remember is you you know if you say are putting your burger on the barbecue whether the burger is a conventional meat product or the burger is a plant-based alternative both of them are processed both of them are Mm. not taking just sort of a lean cut of meat from a cow or you know obviously it's you're not going to put um just pure chickpeas on a a barbecue you know at the end of the day Mm. what these products are serving their purpose is for those aussies who really still want to have that flavor that taste that convenience of Mm you know, the processed conventional meats, but they are ideally looking for a healthy alternative as a way to reduce their meat intake. So I think, you know, this whole area of processing, I mean, of course we want to, as I already said, we want to eat foods in as much of their natural forms as possible. But remember, Mm. processing, I think, has also been sort of a bit taken a bit too far. I mean, honey is still processed. When you buy a jar of honey from the supermarket or even from, you know, a local honey producer, it's still it's still processed. It's not, you know, you're not eating the actual honeycomb from the beehive. If you buy a a beautiful loaf of bread from a bakery, it still is processed. Now, obviously you get minimally processed foods and you get ultra processed foods. And yes, absolutely. A lot of conventional meat products as well. Some of these plant-based meats products do fall more into the ultra processed category. But, you know, again, it's, it's sort of being able to compare like for like. Um, the reality is that there's so many Australians that say are eating processed meats regularly. And if you said, you know, as a dietitian, if I said, oh, look, cut all that out of your diet and just focus on eating fruits and vegetables and nuts, they probably wouldn't be able to achieve that and maintain mm. it on a long-term basis. So yeah. what is great about these products is it's really helping consumers move along their plant-based mm. journey, you know, to really sort of, you know, meeting them meeting them halfway yeah well, um, I think, and, and that's a side as well with uh from people thinking about you know ethically and what not wanting to harm animals and you know looking at from a more macro perspective you know how are we going to feed more and more people that are living on this planet earth so i mean it's sort of it ticks a few of those boxes as well doesn't mm-hmm. it don't mm-hmm. they those sorts of products so what else did you find in the report? Uh, I think you were talking before yeah. you mentioned before about sodium and you mentioned the saturated fat contents. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what overall, our research found that plant-based meat products are nutritionally superior or comparable on average to similar conventional meats. So, you know, if we look at specific nutrients, they were plant-based meats had lower or comparable, comparable kilojoules and sodium higher or comparable protein and lower fat. And what was really interesting is that 65% of plant-based meats are a good source of fiber. And as we, as many of your listeners will know, meat actually doesn't generally have any fiber. Um, In the case of saturated fat, which we know we should be limiting in our diets, conventional meats had anywhere from double to five times the amount that plant-based meats had on average. 
So overall, yeah, the findings are really, really positive. And probably another area I should mention is, is health star ratings. Some of your, your listeners may already use health star ratings when choosing various products. So the health star rating is, you know, an, an on-pack symbol to help consumers choose a healthier product within a category. So the idea behind it is that, say, you were shopping within the, uh, I don't know, um, you know, snack bar category, you would look at a few different snack bars and try to choose one with the highest health star rating. So when we crunch the numbers on sausages to burgers to crumb chicken style products, we found that in five out of six product categories, plant-based meats had higher health star ratings than their conventional meat equivalent. Um, the one category, which was mince, it was actually the same health star rating. And that's probably because mince is probably the least processed product out of all of them. So that was a really positive finding as well. Yeah, okay, that's really good to know as well. Who, who puts together the health star rating? So the health star rating at the moment is a voluntary system that is available to food manufacturers. There is, it, um, it, it was developed by the government, by the NHMRC, and there's a calculator online that can be used um, for food companies to input the various nutrients, and then it gives them a health star rating score, anything from, from half a star up to five stars. Well, look, I know I could, we could talk for a long time. I mean, it's an amazing report. I haven't actually had a really, really close look at it, um, but I think there's a lot that's come out of that. It's fantastic, that you, as I said, that you've joined us today on the show, Terry. I really appreciate that, and I'm sure our listeners have got a lot from what you just said then. Uh, right. So thank you. Thank, I'm going to have to close it now, but uh, we might okay. sort of have, have another chat. But thank you so much. No worries. Thanks, Kate, and thanks for having me. Okay, terrific. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.